0: Welcome to the Tough Cookie Podcast, sharing stories of amazing inspiration, hope, and resilience from transplant recipients and people with chronic illnesses. And here's your host, Patricia Shates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Tough Cookie Podcast. My name is Patricia Shates, and I am absolutely honored and privileged to have Um, my next guest with you today. This is definitely a story that you will need to get your tissues out for, so I'm warning you right now. Um, I have the lovely Veronique with me who is going to share her story. Thank you so much for joining us, Veronique. How are you today?
1: Good morning, Patricia. Thank you very much. I am nervous, anxious. Um, a bit emotional about this um, but I'm looking forward to be able to share my story and and hopefully have it resonate with with somebody that may um, benefit from it at some point or may be able to identify with it.
0: Absolutely I'm so excited for you to share your story I've heard it before so please tell everybody.
1: Thank you very much. So my name is Veronique. Um, I am a lesbian and I was involved with a person by the name of Kat or Katarina. She's like to, to be called. And um, sadly, Katarina died of a brain aneurysm in 2016, in October 2016. And um, experiencing death in the LGBTI community, is completely different I think from experiencing it as a heterosexual um, woman heteronormativity is what we we know and we have assumption about or assumptions about and and sadly in same-sex relationships things differ dramatically. Um so, Katerina and I had a really beautiful, lovely, wonderful, excited uh, relationship. Sadly, we didn't have enough time together, as I quite often share. Um, but then again, there probably would have been, no time would have been uh, a long enough time. And what happened to us happened, because it did happen to us. Katerina essentially died in my arms on a Monday morning as she was getting up to go to work. Um, She did regain consciousness when uh, the paramedics arrived and uh, in her natural self of generosity and uh, selflessness, uh, she simply said, oh, I need to get ready to get to work. Um, We were able to convince her to get onto the trolley and get to the hospital. And then when everything happened at the hospital, it just spiraled downwards. And at that point in time, I was the only one with her interestingly enough, the day before, we were just having this wonderful time together. We took a little dog out to the park. Um, it was just this wonderful time of having brunch. Uh, it was a beautiful sunny day. We took a walk uh, around Paddington. We took uh, the little dog to, um, to the dog parlor. Everything was great. It was blissful. We were just in a complete, in our little bubble, as I like to call it, and I just, Fifty plus, everything was well, and I was just a little bit over fifty myself. Um, incidentally, what I like to share quite often is that initially Kat hesitated getting involved with me because she thought I was ten years younger than her, and that was not sitting too well with her. <laughs> so, Aww. and when she when she realised that I was three years older than her, all of a sudden I was like, oh yes, absolutely, and we quite <laughs> often shared that. So we we had a lot of. Um, complicity together and we found that we actually completed each other. We were both individuals within the relationship However, not smothering the other, we continued to to be uh, independent women who, when we came together, we had this connectivity of the brain, of the connectivity of the intelligence, both emotional intelligence. And essentially, we had both come to a point in life where we actually had met this what we both considered to be our soulmate. Um, so when this shattering moment in time occurred it was really 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 uh completely traumatic for me because and very traumatic because it came out of nowhere uh, from a good time from having dinner together on the sunday night from having a uh, uh, a romantic time together sitting on the couch watching tv eight hours later my life changed forever and i saw nothing coming so when Cat when collapsed, uh, it was a big blur for a start. Uh, for 17 minutes, um, I worked on with the ambulance person on the phone into trying to keep Cat um, alive somehow. There was this shallow breathing, a lot of gagging, uh, which is why when she regained consciousness, it really surprised me. I thought there is something happening here that I can't quite make sense out of it. Um And yet I knew at the same time with this tightness in the guts that something really dramatic was happening as well. When we got to the hospital and they pronounced the, the, the word um, aneurysm, um, then I had this gut and panic in my in my guts. Um, and uh, they the hospital staff gave me a lot of paperwork to consult because naturally I was with Kat by her side. Um, so I signed the paperwork knowing that there was a chance that she may also not survive and that there may be a chance that uh, she could also be paralysed or uh, debilitated in some ways. Regardless, I would have had her anyway in any shape or form. So when they, so I signed the paperwork with a lot of, um, and I still have this. As I speak to you, that that feeling comes comes through my body of uh, both hesitation, but also do anything that you can do to save her and bring her back to me is what I said to the surgeon. So of when course, she left, as
0: anyone would.
1: Because when she absolutely
0: anybody wants, yeah.
1: It's. Um, it's actually the, the hard part in all of this, and the hospital stuff was absolutely wonderful. The hard part in all of this is that we both had had a lot of invisibility in our life as uh, as a human being, loving same sex, and so it it exposes us through our life um, to not just invisibility, but to almost not. Deserving the same things as anybody else, so um, it was really, really hard to live through that moment and to just say, "Hey, listen, I am, I am her partner," and everything was quite good. That that the, the stuff at the hospital was really, really, really good. Um, and I had to let them know that I was CAT same sex domestic partner. Um, because at that point in time in Australia, same sex marriage was not recognized. So we did not have that validation or that recognition or that legal, legitimate component that most people take for granted. And that disparity made it quite difficult to gain the recognition that perhaps I was seeking as well Um, because what we had, what Kat and I had, and to this point in time still have because my heart is still with Kat. I still love Kat. In in death, I still love her. It's not that I'm a single woman. I have lost my partner in life. And um, the, the sad part about this in some ways is that, A heterosexual woman will have that recognition that she has lost her husband to death and she's now, she has this status, or as would a male, has this status of widow or widower. Um, In a same sex relationship, unless we are within our own community of LGBTIQ, whether it's queer, gay, trans, we don't actually have that otherwise um, support that we then need as the surviving partner of of a person that has died. I was very lucky to to find a very, very good grief counsellor, but it took me a little bit of time to to get to that. Um, and what was really challenging is because Kat was also an incredibly selfless person. Kat was working in the um, homeless environment. And so that left selflessness made it such that combined together we were a force and all of a sudden that rock in my life had gone and so to be marginalized in in some ways to be alienated and excluded from many uh, um, memorial components subsequent to Kat's death made it really hard for me to come to terms with my grief and bereavement. Essentially, it's layer upon layer upon layer of pain, of hurt, of complications, of struggles, um, because things were outside. And to this day, I guess in some ways it still is the case, even though gay marriage has been um, recognised as technically being uh, equal. The law may be saying so, but attitudes don't change as quickly as the law does.
0: Of course. And Veronique, what what sort of, I mean, I cannot even imagine how difficult that situation would have been facing um, Cat's passing. But I know for a fact that you had an extra layer upon this that, that Kat and yourself were involved in, and this does have a lot to do with her selflessness and, and your combined force to be reckoned with, what happened in the hospital?
1: So in the hospital, yeah. um, I was approached. So sadly, um, Kat, in the afternoon of that Monday after she collapsed, um, was um, I was called into a room um, and... Told in a very tactful, beautiful. Manner which which made me collapse to the ground essentially. However, the, the, the practitioner was absolutely wonderful and I'll never forget that when she said hold my hand and gradually got me up from the ground because I felt my heart, my soul, my whole body being engulfed into the ground when the words were pronounced that um, Kat had died on the operating table. Um, within a little while after that, when the surgeon... Um, made it clear that Kat wasn't coming back, even though at that point in time I said to her, I said, do anything you can. Um, I'll have her in any shape, I'll have her disabled, I'll have her in a wheelchair, I'll have her in any form. All I wanted was to have Kat back. And the surgeon made it clear that she had lost, uh, too, so there had been too much blood in her brain and they were unable to drain everything. So there had been too much brain damage associated with the lack of oxygen and that uh, was not an option. So very tactfully, very, very tactfully, that uh, surgeon um, suggested that perhaps organ donation and was there an awareness that Kat was an organ donor and indeed there was. So it was quite beautiful how the organ donation um, coordinator approached the whole situation and uh, tactfully navigated through some of the logistics associated with the hierarchy of consent. And um, I was able to have my name on the consent form, Um, after the coordinator was able to recognise that Kat and I had a loving, dedicated, monogamous relationship. So my name appears onto that document and that is quite comforting for me. So Kat's donations involved her uh, liver. Yes, it was her two kidneys and her liver cat was an organ donor cat was a registered organ donor so there was no hesitation to to signing that document and and it is the only place where my name appears and and I campaign hard for my name to to appear on, on that documentation um, when people are marginalized and there is disenfranchised grief, there is an element of uh, sometimes invisibility to what is perceived as what we deserve to get or not. Um, So as a result of it, um, the coordinator ensured that I was well supported in that process. Um, However, it is a hard process because heteronormativity makes it such that queer mourning becomes almost um, something that is non-existent. It, it would appear that our relationships are not as real as what perhaps other people may be or a straight couple maybe, because this is what we know in, in society. Historically, the marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, historically also, there is heterosexuality as well as homosexuality in our society. If we go back to the 30s, 40s and so on, people have always been around. We see them more or less. We have more or less visibility. However, we are here. We exist. We love. We cry. We bleed. And it's all the same. At the end of the day, there is no difference. We, In grief, we cry. The difference is the support that is then becoming available because, sadly... um, with marginalised populations, unless people take a particular interest, social workers, um, psychiatrists, psychologists and so on don't necessarily get the training to address the population that is specific or the needs that are specific to a particular population. LGBTIQ is a population that exists in the ensemble of society. However, our needs can vary. Do vary and will vary, and I know that as a lesbian, I experienced some things, and as cat's same sex partner, um, the recognition that we got for our relationship is what I internalised. I validated our relationship. I gave it the significance that it needed to have. I had my own ritual for cat's passing. Um, I, Had sadly wanted to be cremated, and that was sadly uh, not concluded. So, for me to be able to come to not so much to come to terms with because I don't think with a partner dying, there is any ever a um, there is no getting over it because it is not a thing, it is a person. It's actually moving forward day to day with with this sadness embedded in my paws. it's um it's this some days are high some days are low some days all I can do is breathe and this is the fourth year that cat has gone and grief is not linear it's this complicated mesh of emotions day in day out whereby I get up one morning and I'm okay and I can function well and I get up the next morning and I make a coffee and um, I'm not so well because Kat used to make the coffee in the morning. Kat was the person that was bringing coffee to both of us and systematically she was that was her thing. Um, I was the one cooking for us so there is um, interestingly there is I was often cooking for both of us, and the night before Kat died, she had had that, for some reason, she had had a craving during that weekend of mussels. So we had gone to the fish market, and we had uh, got some uh, seafood and specifically mussels, and I had cleaned them up, and I prepared them for us on Sunday night. So our last meal was those mussels with um, It's just sitting on the balcony enjoying each other and and dinner and for the last nearly four years I haven't been able to eat them I am just simply unable to have and yet I love mussels I always have I love Mm. seafood and that's one seafood I am unable to have because whenever I go past them or I smell them or I see a recipe with mussels it just brings back that that Evening, which is almost this last this last meal together that we had no awareness of. Um, yeah. um, however, through all of these, the most beautiful memory that I have is that the last word that we shared were with four and with each other. Um, yeah. When Kat perhaps had a realization that things were not going well because she was having those massive headaches while in the emergency cubicle of the hospital um she took my hand and she looked at me and she said I love you babe and I responded I love you too and these were the last words that we said to each other and so oh, wow. in um, as time has elapsed as much as it is painful to have had cat collapsing in my arms and to, to have struggled. And to this day, I do struggle with perhaps an element of uh, um, of guilt. Did I do enough? Could I have done things differently? And whilst I know cognitively that is unlikely to have changed the outcome, I do wonder um, because I was alone with her for 17 minutes. However, the flip side of the coin is the privilege, the privilege of having been there having held her of Kat knowing that I that I love her, that I loved her and that she she departed this world hearing my voice. And of um, one of the significant moments in the hospital while Kat was on life support was that a member of the nursing staff said to me, you can play music to her, you know. And so as soon as that was said to me, I started playing the song that I had played to her, which is very significant to me in, in the course of my life, which is called Il Mondo by or Il Mondo by uh, uh, Patricio Buoni. And um, it says it all about how I feel about Kat and what she meant to my life. And um, uh, interestingly enough, he was here about two years ago and I made the trip to Melbourne just to see him for that one song. Um, because I knew that he was going to sing it during this concert and he happened to conclude his concert with that song and that was just a gift to me because it was his last song for that concert, which was my gift to Kat as well. Um, and so to have played the music to her, I I want to believe that she heard it and I want to believe that she she took that song um, with her, I don't know whether you have seen the movie. Um, it's the what is it called? Now I've got a blank. Um, with the De- ghost, is at the end. At the end, uh, Patrick Swayze says to Demi Moore, the two characters in the movie. He says, "The love inside, you take it with you." And I'd like to think that Kat did that.
0: She certainly would have. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what to say right now, and I've very rarely read it speechless, but what did it mean for you knowing that Kat was so selfless and you had this incredible love for her and you've spoken about gifts and things like that. What did it feel for you knowing permitting organ donation and and making that decision to say yes to to donating cat's organs and giving life to other people what did what did that do for you
1: accepting to have cat's organs donated is an incredibly beautiful comfort it's what it's my lifeline on a day-to-day basis Mm. because I was very privileged to receive a, um, a letter from one of Kat's um, recipients. And when I read this letter, knowing how much it changed that person's life, who is also a female, who is also the same age group as when Kat died. And interestingly enough, this person turned 50 in the month of October um, when CAD died and CAD had turned 50 in the month of May. So all this element for me, the, the comfort of this is the fact that another partner, another husband in this case, did not have to go through the mourning of their spouse. If, if the donation can alleviate the pain for one person, then it's not that it's worth it. But it is in some ways because what happens is we don't now have two families or three families grieving. One is the other families, despite the fact that the recipient may have to have a lifestyle change or a new normality, as I do um they're alive and the partner the the husband the wife the children the parents have have got the privilege of a little bit longer with that person and that is priceless that to me is is comforting to know that somewhere out there cat's organs are keeping another person or other people alive and functioning and with their family because that that ultimate goodbye it's the hardest goodbye cat was my hardest goodbye and so to know that other people did not have to go through that and it has given them more Christmases more birthdays more anniversaries more time together is is priceless it's absolutely priceless and I am such a strong advocate for organ donation And one of the biggest privileges that has been given to me recently, and I would like to share this because I think it makes, it so significant when it becomes personal. I have an adult niece who came to me recently and said to me, I've done something that I think you might like. And so I said, surprise me. And she said, I've signed up to be an organ donor. And I've done it because of what you've gone through with CAT. The gift to me is amazing. That young woman is only 23 years of age. And I'm so, so proud that that rendered me speechless because um, it's the ultimate gift of life. There is no no greater gift that we will give to somebody else. And yes, perhaps as a recipient, there are ripple effects. Things may not be exactly as what they would be if it was not a transplant. But notwithstanding that, um, that person has longer and that matters to me. So to know that there are people out there who are, be, who are able to go grocery shopping, as this lady was reporting, this lady could not even walk two metres without having to sit down. Um, and now she just can go to Ikea, as she says in her letter, without needing to sit. She can just take a trip to, with her husband. That to me is the gift. That comforts me that in her selflessness Kat has continued to, to give. Um, because because the family is also there to 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 additionally have time.
0: Of course, of course. And Veronique, I mean, it takes an awful lot of strength to sort of not only go what you've go through what you've gone through but also make that decision it's it's a it's a heartbreaking decision to make at the worst possible time in your life i imagine like it is as a recipient myself i couldn't i could never imagine what that decision is actually like
1: it is hard however cat was a, not only cat was an organ donor Kat was a registered organ donor and there was the awareness of her wishes so yeah. that alleviates uh, a lot of that takes away a lot of the pressure because it's respecting what what Kat wanted, and that's why I think it's really 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 important to share it to say it to 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 let our families know what we want because in in time of distress um, we're not able to make. Rational decisions. My world was turned upside down. Uh, a lot of things are blurry to this day. Three weeks of my life nice. are just blank. So to know, to know deep down inside what Cat wanted, what Cat wished for, uh, and to be able to respect that that component of her wishes um, is really, really important to me because Cat um, was a giver. Cat still gives. Yeah. And and as a result it's she's still present. She's still part of her is still alive. And Absolutely. it may not be with me, but it's out there in the ether and it's out there in wherever the, the recipients are. And and I'm grateful for that and I'm hopeful they're still doing well because it's such a a gift to both the recipient family but to the donor family. The gift is to, to know, for me, the gift is to know that somebody else doesn't have to hurt. Another spouse doesn't have to hurt. Another partner does not have to hurt. Um, and that makes a big difference. That, that keeps me going. That's part of, of what gets me up is I know that somebody is still able to smile to their spouse, is still able to have a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, to, to make a trip to the, to the beach, to have a, a walk in the sand, to enjoy the basic things, the simple things in life. Um, because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's the simple things. It's the small gestures. It's the, the random act of kindness. That's what matters.
0: And I think donation is the organ donation and tissue donation are the, the ultimate acts of kindness, the random ones that, you know, you'll you'll never meet the person that, that's donated or you'll never meet the person that's received. But uh, knowing, yeah, as you said, that that someone's walking around with Kat's legacy is a truly beautiful thing.
1: Absolutely. It, it
0: really is. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and Veronique, what is, what is resilience to you? I mean, you've gone through so, so much in, you know, I guess in a really short period of time, you know, in the last four years, you've gone through this life-changing event and you've had to face a new normal, as I like to always call it. <laughs> what what does resilience look like for you?
1: That's a, that's a, something that would require a lot of reflection. But in a nutshell, Kat always used to say to me, "Babe, trust the process." Now, through through all of this, there was a lot of time that I didn't trust the process because I wanted to die with Kat when Kat died. There was no no reason for me to be around. I felt there was no more reason for me to be around and my life had been turned upside down. There was the, the, the future together, the dreams of the future together, everything that we had planned was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was just being able to... Get up, and, and even if I was to not care for myself, which part of me did for, for two years, I neglected to self care, uh, but it didn't change anything. I was still around, so it, it came down to honoring cats. Because what I do on a day to day basis, everything that I do, everything that sometimes I don't do, everything that I choose to share, everything, the little things, it may be taking a coffee to my parents at random, all these bits and pieces I do because Cat is with me. Cat is in my life. Cat helps me and continues to help me. It's putting one foot in front of the other, even when I don't know what that step is going to feel like. The ground could be wobbly. It may be uncertain. I may be unsure. But trust the process. Kat had a strong faith in that. Kat always said to me, trust the process, babe. Just trust the process. And that's what I do. That's what I do. And when I'm not sure, I just say to Cat, okay, babe, I'm trusting the process. I'm trusting you. I don't know what's around the corner, but I'm trusting the process. And it's not an easy thing sometimes because my intellectual brain can take over. However, things eventually work out. Um, A lot of things have taken a new, have become a new normal. And I'm still adjusting to that normality. Some days that new normal sucks. Big time, Um, because because cat not here. Cat is not here to see what I see. Cat is not here to share some moments. I had a couple of significant, quite significant events in my life, joyful events, in the last Mm. uh, two years that cat has not been there by my side to share with me, and that has been really 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 hard. However, however. I wanted to be there for those events and I just trusted the process that I would be okay at the other end. So resilience to me is kind of I may not know how I will get to the other side but I'll get there somehow and I just have to trust that I'll be there and scathe.
0: I think that's insightful and beautiful and just Everything all at once. I really, Veronique, you always leave me speechless. You truly, truly do. Every time we talk and, and we've connected quite well over the past couple of years as well as a recipient myself and, a, and you as a donor family member. And yeah, you, every time you talk about cat, it just, it just leaves me speechless. And thank you so, so much. I know how difficult this was to share your story.
1: Look, I can't thank you enough in return because I do believe that cat also put you on my path. There is no doubt in my ma- mind that uh, as, as you quite often say to me, you know, it's not the way that I would have chosen to cross your path or vice versa. Yep. However, the fact that we did and and the fact that we have been able to share so much with each other and that your little sentence of a new normal has also helped me enormously, <laughs> because that's what it is. It's a new normal. Things change all the time, and death is part Absolutely. of our everyday. Except I didn't expect cat to die so quickly. Um, you know, of we, course. as far as we were concerned, we were going to grow old together, and 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 that was it. So, it's it's um, it's a journey. It's it's a journey. And what I would like to share is that. You're not alone. You are not alone. And when unsure, reach re- reach out. Reach out to to people who who will understand. It may only be one, and if this story only helps one person, one family, one donor, one recipient, one of anything, then it's worth it because it's so isolating. It's so traumatic as well, and yet yet, Kat is still here with me. And this is why I still talk about her in the present. And had it not been for this experience, I would not have you as a recipient family in my life. And that matters as well. That is incredibly important, even though there is anonymity around the donation, having in my life you as a recipient person, matters enormously. It's, it's, it's Thank kind you. of, it's, it's kind of, yeah, you're, you're my
0: recipient kind of thing. Yep. Uh, if that makes yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Validates everything. And, and, yep. Yeah, absolutely. It, it means the world to me to have you in my life. And yeah, it's definitely not the, the way in which I would have chosen to have you as part of my life. That's for sure. But um, I'm very grateful that you You are part of my life, Veronique, and I really do really so deeply appreciate your time and for telling your story and sharing just a little snippet of of what um, organ donation can be like on the other side of the spectrum.
1: Thank you. I just want to make a difference because it's also making a difference and sharing this story is honouring Kat, and that matters enormously for me.
0: Absolutely. So thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. And um, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope this has been a very insightful um, and (laughs) tear-filled, not really tear-filled, yes, tear-filled journey for you guys as well. Um, It's a very different spin on what we... Um, normally talk about here on the tough cookie podcast but veronica is just as much of a tough cookie as anyone else with a chronic illness or a transplant so i really felt compelled to actually share her story as well for so many reasons um, so thank you again for joining us today uh, we'll be with you again next thursday with another amazing story um, from another tough cookie thanks guys so catch you in the next one stay healthy stay safe and stay sweet thanks Thank you for listening to the Tough Cookie Podcast. To find out more about The Sweetest Gift, go to www.thesweetestgift.org.au. Thank you for joining us on the Tough Cookie Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please join us next Thursday for another amazing story of hope, resilience, and really overcoming the odds. Thanks.